morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. spit on you yeah they call that spitting cotton preachers that spit while they while they preach amen well hey I'm excited about tonight I believe God has given me some direction as to where we need to start on these Wednesday nights if you recall we uh, were doing a series or just a lengthy time of teaching where we were talking about the uh, just the, the, the subject of faith and we uh, dealt with that area of faith because uh, the Lord said to us that when it comes to faith uh, learning the principles of faith will help us in the particular area of depression and anxiety and things of that nature and so uh, again we just came to a season to where we wound that up and so we had a couple open Wednesdays and so tonight I just believe that God has uh, given me something to start tonight and we'll just begin to share on this line of uh, conversation for the next few weeks just as the Lord leads and directs us but one of the things that really just kind of prompted me or or, or started this thinking along these lines was really uh, just some things that were spoken at the Propel conference Uh, many of you were there that was that uh, conference we had just a few Fridays or two Fridays ago it was and uh, if you were there these uh, particular things will be something that you had heard or you'll remember but uh, for those that didn't hear uh, we'll just catch you up to speed Uh, if you recall uh, can you hear music you can turn the music off that'd be great hey there we go thank you he just wanted to have me some background music to set the mood that's all it was yeah there it was again it's off now I think (laughs) I think we're good all right well, if you recall, uh, just through the different speakers, if you remember, Pastor Jerry, he ministered along just the line of having uh, the right consciousness concerning Jesus and really the heart of God. And when he got to the end of his message, he said to you, he said, now, let's just for a moment imagine, let's close our eyes, and he says, let's just imagine for a moment that Jesus entered the room and came and sat down right next to you. And he put his arm around you, and he says, now, what does he say? What did he just say to you? And so everybody kind of had their moment, and he says, all right. He says, let me, let me take some interaction. He says, what did he say to you? And somebody says, you know, I love you, or, you know, I'm proud of you, or whatever it was. And he went through about three or four different people where they responded as to what they heard the Lord say to them. And he says, isn't it interesting how every single person that when they recited what the Lord said to them, none of it was negative. You know, you bonehead, why don't you straighten up? I'm so disappointed in you. Can't you ever get your act straight? No, I didn't hear nothing like that. But every time somebody responded, it was something extremely positive or uplifting. And in that, what it shows us is if we really begin to think correctly 
about the character of God, it would change how we see ourselves and really live this life. Because I think that many times we think God is mad at us, disappointed with us, or that we've just let him down, right? But the fact of the matter is, is that the Bible says it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. And therefore, God genuinely loves us and cares about us. And if we begin to think correctly, it will change the way that we live this life. Then if you recall uh, Pastor Jody, he began to share just really just how God wants to move within our, our churches and how, again, we've got to get away from really having just a religious nature about us. But one of the things that he, he touched on, he talked about that there was these two women that started attending his church, and they were actually lesbian women. They were married, and they were attending the church, and they just loved the church to the point where they continued to come on Sunday morning and Wednesday night service, and then they offered their growth track, which was, is really their, their, their pathway to church membership, and they signed up and wanted to go to growth track. And he says, man, I had to actually talk to them because we kind of talk about some strong topics of just really how we believe. And so he said, I pulled them aside. <clears throat> and he said, hey, listen, I saw that you signed up for growth track. And he says, and I just wanted to let you know ahead of time that we, we talk about some strong things. And really, it's from a biblical perspective. And he said, I just wanted you to know that we didn't set you up for this class. It's just something that we ordinarily talk about. And obviously, homosexuality is one of those things that, you know, we, we address. And he said, so I just wanted you to know it wasn't for the sake of trying to say something to you in a roundabout way. And they're like, no, listen, we, we don't have any problem with that. We're so thankful for the church. We just love the church. And, and, and we just... Thank you for being so open and transparent with us about that. And then through the course of that, talking about their homosexuality, the one woman with tears in her eyes says, you know, this is all I've known, and basically I don't know who I am apart from this. And so the takeaway is, is that so many people don't know their identity. Much, much of the church does not know their, their identity in Christ. And if we begin to understand our identity in Christ of who we are in Him and through what He did, it would change the way that we live this life and how we interact with people and how we interact with God, right? Because we would begin, begin to see ourselves correctly in the manner of how He sees us. Just how I said the, uh, made the statement, if Jesus was to sit right next to you, what would he say? And the reality is, is that he would be loving, full of mercy and compassion. And just love all over you. But because of all the disappointments of life and just the challenges that we face, we again begin to see things incorrectly. So as we get into this tonight, we're going to begin to look at our identity in Christ. So to begin with, I want to draw your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Uh, in the New Living Translation, it says it this way. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. So what the scripture tells us, first and foremost, it says that in Christ, or when we become Christians, we become brand new. He says, the old life has passed away. Behold, the 
new life has begun. And it's talking about the spiritual life. You're brand new on the inside. You look the same way on the outside, but you're new on the inside. Now, the Amplified says it this way. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition, have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. So the Bible says in Christ there was a brand new identity. Something happened when Jesus came into your life. And the Bible says that you became brand new. Your identity is new. And the unfortunate thing is, is that once again, we look in the physical mirror and we see the natural man that has always been there, right? And so the scripture tells us this as well. I believe it's over in uh, Galatians. It says, or maybe it's Hebrews. It says that oftentimes in this new creation or this new relationship with God, we look in the mirror seeing what manner of man that we have become but then turn away and walk away and forget what manner of man that we were. Meaning that we forget that, man, I've got a new identity in Christ. Amen? You know, I was talking with uh, Dave just not too long ago. We were talking, and he, he was sharing about his colorful past. And, man, if you've ever talked to Dave, I mean, he's had a colorful past, man. You know what I mean? And he says, you know, the interesting thing is, he says, I, he said, man, I was... A full-blown drunk, man. He said, I was into drugs of the hardcore stuff. He said, I was double doing it. He said, I took drugs to get me up, took drugs to get me down, and alcohol to balance the day. He said, man, I was just in it up to my eyeballs. That was his life. And here's what he said. He said, the thing that I struggled with is that if I got rid of that in my life, I wouldn't know how to enjoy myself because I found my identity in that. And without that, who would I be? Does that make sense? And so many times in this new birth experience with Christ, we begin to see the old man and see the identity, whether it's you were angry, you were bitter, you struggled in some areas of your flesh, whatever it is. And that's what I begin to see, forgetting what the new man looks like in Christ. But God wants us to begin to understand that we have an identity in Him. If I begin to understand my identity in Him, then it begins to give me strength for life. It begins to give me a, a new outlook in life and how I live life. And so the Bible tells us this in Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. And it says, And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb... And by the word of their testimony, and they didn't did not love their lives to, to the death. So notice what it says, in the life of a believer, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So the blood of Jesus is what gave us this new beginning. But not only did that cause us to have this new beginning, he says that you enforce this new life in him to be overcomers 
by the words in which you speak. And do you remember what uh, Reverend Marty talked about on Sunday morning? He says, your words will ensnare you. Your words will set the course and the path of your life. We've got to guard the words in which we say. And whatever you say is what you're going to have. Now, is anybody aware of all the self-talk in your own life? You know, they actually say that we talk to ourselves all the time. But are you aware of it? I don't know if you are, but I am a chronic self-talker. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm talking all the time in my head. And if I'm in the car by myself, I'm talking out loud. Right? Sometimes I just put my phone up to me or that way people don't think I'm crazy. So they, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't do that. But you talk to yourself all the time. Now, if you can identify the self-talk in your life, how many, raise your hand. Do, do you realize and are, or do you identify that you have self-talk all the time? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, some do, some don't. All right, for those of you that have raised your hand, how many of you can, can identify that a lot of your self-talk is negative? Raise your hand if you would say. How much of you would say that the majority of your self-talk is positive? Anybody? A few of you? Wow, good for you. It's hard. It is. It's got to be intentional, but the reality is, is that most people have a lot of self-talk but the majority of it is negative. And if it is positive, it's intentional. And that's the only way that it will happen is if it's intentional. So he says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. All right? So notice that the blood of Jesus is significant in this identity. Now, think about it. At the first new birth, if you will, when Adam and Eve sinned, did you realize that they had a new birth experience? It was a new birth unto death. But do you know how it started? It started by their words, right? But then to address or change the identity of their being, do you know what God did? He shed blood to put skins on them or give them clothing. Remember, it says that they were naked and they hid from God because I had, they, they recognized their nakedness. Well, they had been naked all that time before, but they never hid from God, nor did they hide from one another. But it was once they sinned and their identity was changed or their eyes were opened to their naked identity, what did God do? He had to shed blood to help cover their identity of nakedness. So the blood of Jesus begins to shape or change or give us a new identity in Him. Now, if you have your Bibles, let's look to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. Now, we're just going to really get started here tonight. And then I'm going to give you some homework. So we may go shorter tonight but if that's the case well again you can just have more time for homework all right so Hebrews chapter 10 starting in verse 10 we're going to read a, several passages of scripture here it says but in verse 10 it says by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. 
But this man, speaking of Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So notice what he says. This sacrifice he perfected or made perfect. So, right now he's saying that there was something in your identity that was changed from the old. The old was imperfect, but now there's a new identity. In Christ, the inward man is made perfect. Okay? Verse 15, it says, But the Holy Spirit also witnessed to us, for after he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. Says the Lord, I will put my laws into their heart and in their minds, and I will write them. Then he added, or adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. So let's stop there. So he says, there was a sacrifice made. On the one end, he said the body, his body was sacrificed, but we're going to see in just a moment, but the other part of the sacrifice was his blood. And he says, because of this sacrifice, he says, we are made perfect. Not outwardly, physically. Come on, how many of you know your physical body, your attitudes, your, your conversations aren't perfect sometimes, right? But the inward man is perfect. And then he goes on to say, because of this act, he says, I will remember their sins no more. So in other words, past, present, or future... Your identity, because of him, is no longer remembered of that sinful nature. So, how many of you, again, by just give me a, a, a hand raised, how many of you have ever been messed with by things of the past that you did? It was forever, a long time ago, whatever the case is, but all of a sudden that thing came up in your mind and you started thinking on it. Anybody? Sure, we all have. In fact, there was just something not too long. I can't even remember what it was. I, I remember I was laying in bed, and I started to think about it, and I was exhausted, tired. And I think, where in the world did that thought come from? But the moment that I started thinking about it, I mean, I was wide awake. Just because a thought had come, and I'm thinking, that was forever ago. Or just, have you ever been in one of those positions? And in fact, this happened to me just, uh, I think, last week as well. I thought of something that happened, something I think that, that I said that was kind of embarrassing to myself. And just thinking about what I said, I broke out into a sweat because I got embarrassed again all just because of something that I said. You know what I mean? So there are those thoughts that come up that tend to haunt us of the past. But the Bible says that he doesn't remember them, nor will he ever remember them because of the new man or your new identity in him. But then we mess up. But do you know when you mess up, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus was already shed for that mess up, already saw it coming, therefore it was covered. And anything that will come. And all you have to do is invoke your new identity. Oh, God, forgive me. And the Bible says that he forgets it as far as the east is to the west. Do you know why he says as far as from the east is to the west? It's pretty interesting when you think about it. Think about it from just our planet. If you go north and you continue to go north, 
Do you know eventually you'll start heading south? But as the east is to the west, if you head east, you'll never run into west. You just keep going east. If I go to the west, I never run into east. I just keep going west. So the expanse is eternal. Are you seeing that? Of just the vastness of God's love towards us. He says, I forgive you as far as the east is to the west. And it will never come back to my remembrance. And so once again, there's this identity that we have in him. All right, verse 18. It says, now where there is remission of these, there is no longer offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. So once again, notice what it says here. It says, the blood of Jesus created a new and living way. Before Christ, there was an old and dying way. Because of the nature in which you were. Unsaved. Not recreated or born again. But in Christ, you are now a new creation. And it says here, what again it says? It says there is a new and living way. So if there's a new and a living way, that must mean that it doesn't just come automatic. How many of you ever noticed that the old dying way is real easy to fall back into? Sure it is. I mean, it's comfortable. I know that real well. I mean, when it comes to being irritated and grumpy and angry... Oh, it don't take any practice to do that at all, does it? I mean, I can fall right back into that, no problem at all. I mean, just let me stub my toe. There we go. <laughs> right? It don't take much of nothing to just step over into the old and dying way, but the new and living way must be something that I have to learn how to bring into existence or make my identity. And then it goes on to say here in verse 20, it says, by a new and living way, or actually let's go to verse 22. It says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, even in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. So there's a couple things that I want to bring to your attention there. He says, uh, having your conscience sprinkled with an e uh, from an evil conscience. He's speaking of the blood of Jesus that was shed so that you would not have to have a sin consciousness of your past life. And when you study it out, it actually says that because of the blood, it removes the hauntings of the past. Now, once again, I ask you the question. I can only speak for myself, but there are things, frustrations, disappointments that have a way of coming up and haunting you, and they've been forever gone, right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It just lingers and gnaws at you. Just comes and irritates you. 
But the Bible says that in this new identity, because of the blood of Jesus, we don't have to be subject to the hauntings of the past. Now, he says something very significant concerning that. One of which, he says, hold fast to the confession of your faith. Remember we saw over there in Revelations, he says, we overcome by the blood and the word of our testimony. So that tells us that if we are being haunted by the past, then that must mean that our mouths are not opening or not speaking correctly in light of who our identity is in him. We're talking about the past, we're thinking about the past, and therefore the past keeps being a present thing in our life, right? How many of you have ever noticed that there can be all kinds of things that happen in a relationship? And it was years ago. But just in the moment of one time of frustration... Well, you know what? I know you aren't going to change here. You've been that way. You're still doing the same stupid things you did before, just like you did five years ago. You remember when you did that? I knew you wouldn't really change. You're just doing the same things. Well, what did you do? You opened your mouth, gave place to the haunting of the past when it's under the blood, and really you're free from the past, but just in a moment's time of living the old dying way, you brought the hauntings into past, not only in your life, but somebody else's life, right? So your confession, and we'll talk about this more in just a minute, your confession is significant to be free, but it's also significant in identifying who you are in Christ. The second part of that is, as he says, now, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some have gotten in the habit of doing, Right? He says, and then don't do so even as you see the day of the Lord approaching. So in other words, in the time that we're living in, Jesus is coming very soon. So listen, you want to make sure that you find yourself in church. Why? Because it helps you grow in your knowledge of the new and living way and your identity in Christ. Amen? Those of you that I see on Wednesday night that are regular, that show up on Sunday morning, and show up on Wednesday night, the conversations that you have, the victories that you have, the testimonies that you have, the praise reports that you have are far more significant than those people that don't come. Why? Because those others, even though they might come from time to time to church, they're experiencing the old identity more than they are the new. But for you guys, you're like, no, I'm learning how to live this life. In fact, for that matter, uh, I don't know if I should say anything. Chuck, can I say anything? All right. So Chuck, he, uh, he was working at the TV station, been there for 20-plus years. They shut the doors. He's out of a job. So he goes through the summer unemployment and says, you know what? I've always wanted to be a police officer, you know, and starts applying different things and so he starts working with his wife at the school systems and, you know, kids probably just love him like they do around here. But he's like, man, I always just, you know, wanted to be in law enforcement. And so he went and made some applications. And through the course of the last few months, he's like, you know what, I'm kind of getting frustrated. You know, it's like they say they're going to call me back, but I haven't heard back from them. And so he came in tonight, and this is how he said it. He said, I got it. 
Well, I was up in the sound booth. And when, I, when he said that, he said, I got it. I thought he meant like, get out of the sound booth. I got it. I got it covered. But then I said, what? And he says, I got it. And it was something how he said, I got it. Because in I got it means I identify me with being with something. And I'm like, hey, you got it? He says, I got it. I'm like, come on, yeah. So he's now into law enforcement. He said he's going for training. They hired him, so come on. Amen. So I only bring that up because here there is a victory. Now, he was going through some frustrating times but he says you know what I'm a faithful giver I'm a servant of the church I know who I am and I'm trusting God and little by little just walking it out there's a new and living way he could have get all frustrated he could have took out it took it out on his wife he could have said you know what I I would rather be in law enforcement but I gotta be here with these stinking snot-nosed kids every day he said you know I do it at church gotta do it at work too you know but he says you know what I'm just gonna believe God and walked it out. And here's the other thing. He went through all of his uh, preliminary physical tests and testing. It's been a good while ago, wasn't it? I don't know, at least a month or more. And so in that, while he was there, he did all the testing. But he said one thing significant. He said, you know what? They measured me for my uniform. Well, they're not going to measure you for a uniform if really they don't want you around. So even in the hardships or the frustrations or the lingering of time, there's something that could probably be stirring on the inside of Chuck that says, you know what, they measured me. So they must be looking to fill an identity of, of who I really am. And so just sticking it out, saying, God, I'm trusting you. God, I thank you. And then he gets the news. I got a brand new identity. You can call me officer now. <laughs> Amen. You see what I'm saying? And so once again, we've got a purpose to stick with it in identifying who we are. And in coming to church, being faithful, it keeps that alive on the inside of you. Now, going back to what I said where it says, hold fast to the confession of your faith. That word confession actually is translated as profession. Hold fast to the profession of your faith. It's the same word that we get the word profession or professional from. So, there are part-time Christians, if you will, that go to church periodically, and therefore their life of identity is really, really on an amateur basis. But then there are those that say, you know what, I'm, I'm holding fast to who God says I am and what He says I can be and what He says I can do, what He says I can have. And therefore, they give place to this new and living way, and therefore, it becomes a profession or a lifestyle. Amen? This new and living way. Do you realize that, you know, I enjoy to play golf? But I'm just an amateur golfer. I, I play on the weekends. But there are people that are professionals that they do it for a living or a living way. Right? And so when it comes to us as believers, we can just be an amateur in the identity that we have in Christ. doesn't really change the fact of who you really are, but I'm talking about your awareness. You can live this life as an amateur or you can be a 
professional believer or follower of Christ where you begin to walk in the identity of who you are. And how many of you know that if you take me out on the golf course and you put me beside Tiger Woods and both of us swing away, how many of you know that there is going to be a very distinct identification in who the professional is? Right? I mean, there's not going to be any question about it whatsoever. You're like, well, Tone, that was good, but, you know, Tiger, man, he, look at, man, he just smoked you, bud. You know what I mean? And we think, well, yeah, that's a no-brainer, professional, hack. But do you know the same thing is applicable in the life of believers? It's very easy to identify professional or hack. And I don't say that to be critical in any, any means, but you, you, you get the understanding, right? You don't have to look very far to be able to see the lifestyle or the results or the patterns of somebody that is beginning to develop an awareness of their identity in Christ. Because one, it will show up in the way that you talk. So, what's your identity? What do you know about yourself? What do you know about you? What's your identity? So, here's my challenge for you. It's 7.30, so we're... Right about on time. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to start talking about who we are in Christ or who our identity truly is. But come back next week and you do some of your own personal study. Find out what the scripture says about you so that when we come back and start talking about it next Wednesday, you're like, hey, yeah, I I was reading on that one. Yeah, that's who I am. That's my identity. Or you can come back. Next Wednesday, and it's like, well, maybe I'll find out what I am. Now, do your due diligence. Let's begin to stir it up. Let's become professional believers where we begin to see God move in our lives, not because he's obligated to, but simply because we invoke him based upon who we are. Amen? You know, uh, last Sunday, I was ministering and talking about healing. And somebody said to me, you know, you're real bold about that. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, you know, that can also come across as very cocky. I said, well, I'm not trying to be cocky. I said, I just know God. And I know who I am, and I know what God says concerning this area of life. And so I don't do it to be arrogant. I'm just very bold and confident in the God that I serve. And so once again, when you begin to be confident in your identity... You'll offend some people because they want to live in the way that they want to live and they want you to come over into their lifestyle of misery and collaborate and talk about and commiserate. Just begin to find out who you are. And you'll find that there are some that will be attracted to it and they'll want to come on the journey with you. Amen? So, come back next week. Let's talk about our identity. Amen? Amen. All right. Praise God. Tell me what you got. As we close out, did anybody learn anything tonight? Anything that stands out? Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and 
take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.